0: Welcome to the Premier Podcast, Kevin. It's good to have you back here.
1: Hi, thanks for having me, Renee.
0: Yeah, why don't you do just a quick introduction of yourself one more time?
1: Sure. Uh, yeah, my name is Kevin Cruzy. I'm a strategic account manager for the northern region for Premier Crop Systems. I live in southern Minnesota. Great. Well, thanks. Welcome again today. And today we're going to
0: talk about fertilizer the increasing the rising cost of fertilizer and the need to variable rate your fertilizer and so Kevin can you just can you just tell us what some of the benefits are to variable rating your fertilizer or your nutrients
1: um, when you think about variable rate nutrients um, there's lots of different things uh, this year in particular with the rising fertilizer cost so there's lots of different um, ways to look at it um, if you took out the cost aspect, really it's going down to making sure your different environments of your farm and your fields are getting the adequate nutrients that they need to raise the highest yielding crop potential uh, in each part of the field. Um, When you look at input and input costs this year, um, the mentality and the way you want to look at it and how you want to approach it might be a little bit different. Um, You might not be on a build year. You might want to just maintain some of those really high producing areas and make sure that hey, if you're um, limited in nutrients in certain spots, you want to hit those spots to make sure that you're not uh, losing profit by not fertilizing it. And because that can easily happen um, by under fertilizing.
0: Yeah, elaborate a little bit more. You said you want to produce the highest, the highest raised crop potential. You didn't say yield. So just tell me a little bit about that.
1: Right, yeah, a lot of things that premier crop when we work with growers in their operations, um, yield obviously is a is a huge driver, right? We want higher yields, right? But sometimes the highest yield necessarily isn't the most profitable. Um, so we want to try try to raise and help them raise the most profitable yield that they can across their whole operation. So when we talk about that with growers, we really break down their fields into different producing parts of the field, where you have your we like to call them the A zones, right, where it's Really aggressive, really driving yield. Um, We want to make sure that we're hitting the right nutrient targets on those fields and those parts of the field, especially, just because we typically find that is your lowest fertility areas because over time you've been bringing down those nutrients with high yielding uh, crops, right? So when you start looking at some of your poorer yielding areas in the field, yeah, you might not need to spend any money on that part of the field this year in particular because they're. Um, putting that nutrient there might not be getting you any benefit from yield because um, yeah, you want to maybe maintain those areas, but um, if it's not going to give you any yield potential for this particular year with the cost of the inputs, um, you definitely don't need to spend some money there.
0: Well, and it's not really not spending the money there too, I mean, because you don't want to over apply, you don't want to under apply, but you're also being a better steward of the land. So I know that you in the field talk about how you could be a better steward utilizing for, you know, variable rating your fertilizer. So, talk about that a little more.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, being a better steward utilizing variable rate fertilizer is a major benefit, especially if you have uh, different types of regulations and rules in your territory. You want to make sure that you're not over applying in areas that don't need it. If it's just a waste of, waste of dollars to your acre reduces your profit, and if you already have significant amount of nutrient there, um, it's a potential for runoff and going to places that you de- necessarily don't want it to be.
0: Yeah, so what would the difference or what would a potential cost difference, I don't know if you have this answer, but what would the potential cost difference be from a flat rate to a variable rate? Do you have like a hypothetical situation?
1: Um, I actually uh, was working with a customer and some groups here Earlier this fall, when we we're going into it. And what I did was, I took a, took a look at three different operations and I wanted to basically figure out how many acres already meet adequate fertility levels, whether it's where you want to be for your phosphorus test or your potassium test. And by doing that, I was able to see on three different operations two, one in southern Minnesota, one in west central Minnesota, one in South Dakota completely different farmers, completely different territories. Um, On the phosphorus, for the adequate test, we were looking at about 50% of the acres, not quite, about 48% of the acres didn't necessarily need a phosphorus application. And there was about uh, a couple growers had, up in the 80% of their acres didn't necessarily need a potassium application this year, but one of the growers, about 90% of his acres needed some sort of potassium. But when you look at those and put those numbers together, um, we we're seeing about a 20 to $40 an acre swing from using variable rate and putting it exactly where you need it to be versus flat rating it. So they were, if they would have flat rated the whole field based off of even a low, pretty low spread of 100 pounds of map and 100 pounds of potash, just by putting that 100, 100 pound spread in the areas that were less than adequate, it was a twenty-three to uh, thirty dollar an acre savings. That it would include your grid sampling fee. So even above and beyond any soil sampling costs, you're still saving yourselves thirty dollars an acre by variable rating it versus flat rating all your fields.
0: Well, and then on top of that, the potential data that we see, you can see that there it might be higher yielding in that area too. So your the economic benefit is significant.
1: Right. Yeah, most of the time, uh, we we have lots of different analy- analytics and reports that help us identify where the highest yielding potential is versus not. And a lot of the times when we see the correlations, uh, the highest fertility areas are your lowest fertility or lowest yielding areas anyway. So by flat rating, uh, straight rate right across all your acres, thinking that's the easy button, it's going to save you money. Really, in turn, you're actually spending money in areas that don't need any fertilizer, and two, they're your lower yielding areas anyway, so they're not gonna give you any return on investment for this year. So yeah, it's um, it's all about trying to understand your fertility and how it works across your farm.
0: So someone could argue that uh, the grower is, depending on whether they have the equipment to do it themselves or not, the grower would have to spend more to have it variable rate um, that, you know, applied. Plus, they're also paying a company like Premier Crop. So those dollars add up. What is, I mean, does does that is there an economic benefit that you see, even though they're paying for services that are having utilizing variable rate fertilizer versus
1: the outcome? When you when you start looking at your fields and there there's no if you're not if you're not soil sampling it to a certain level or or taking a look and seeing how your yield compares to your different attributes across your farm, um, it's kind of a shot in the dark if you're uh, making any money from the different things that you're doing or not. There's, there's so many people, or there's so many examples out there where people are just running a standard variable rate prescription that sometimes they don't even know what it's actually is standing for. So yeah, they might feel really good that they're putting a variable rate spread down, but if you can't look at the prescription, understand what it means agronomically to your farm, um, you, all, you might be hurting yourself. So it's really taking a look, stepping back and understanding the economics of what you're doing. Then when you do that, like with Premier Crop or spending that extra few dollars to do variable rate spreading applications, it really, really um, starts paying you back pretty quickly um, once you can kind of understand the data.
0: Kevin, do you have any specific examples of how you've helped a farmer improve their soil fertility utilizing variable rate fertilizer?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> there's probably quite a few of them, um, but one that really sticks into mind is one, one group of growers I worked with, I started working with them in 2007, and um, just a great, great group of guys. Uh, we started looking at their fertility. They, they came to us and were wondering, you know, how can we improve yields? And, you know, what do, do we need to do some grid sampling and whatnot. So we started diving in and taking a look. And we noticed <clears throat> on a couple of their fields that, you know, their their average soybean pop yield was probably right around 35 bushel on average, which was probably about 20 bushel lower than <clears throat> the county average or that average of that territory. And on their corn, they're running about a 170, 170, 175 bushel average. So. But there's a couple fields that were actually running up in the 200 and up in the 60 bushel beans. And we started to look at what the difference was and they were rented farms and they had significantly higher fertility levels. So then we started doing some grid sampling and looking at in depth uh, what their fields looked like. And they had been doing a great job of collecting yield history in the past which uh, definitely can be a big help in trying to understand how, how your fields are performing. But what we were able to do is we, we basically, identified the high yielding areas of each field and the low yielding areas. And we implemented a pretty aggressive uh, fertility program. Within five years, we had doubled their soybean yields. They were at 30 bushel soybeans. Now they're running 60 to 65 bushel on average soybeans and their corn is running 220 plus. I just actually recently looked back at their, we call it our field variance report so we can see over the years, what's their consistent yield trends on every single field? And they're still running above 215 average consistently on their corn. And there's years of 75 bushel average beans, 80 bushel beans. I mean, it's just unbelievable the different things that they have accomplished by implementing a variable rate strategy, uh, using grid sampling, and their their zones to be able to figure out where they need to put the mo- the, the best dollars. So,
0: so. Year one, like, did they see? I don't want to say a loss, but did they spend a lot more in year one to to get kind of a baseline or a level, or was it just incremental that you saw over the years?
1: Um, it was, they definitely did spend quite a bit more in the first couple of years. Um, but I mean, when you think about that, if they raised, uh, grew 30, 30 bushel more per acre beans, uh, let's say it's at 13 bucks, that's $455 per acre. That they're making now uh and at 50 bushels corn at five bucks that's 250 dollars worth of yield that they're in profit that they're bringing back in so that's a, a lot of extra money they could have spread could now spend on fertility uh to basically maintain those levels where they're at to keep keep pushing up and driving their yield ceilings so yeah it's uh yeah it's definitely a little bit of investment i'm not necessarily saying today with the input pricing to do that but you need a good sample or, or do some sort of intensive soil sampling to understand your fertility and make some decisions. You know what I mean? Understand where your high yielding areas are versus your low and, and treat those the way you can just to get through this year or the next couple of years. Hopefully, hopefully the prices turn around and and, uh, we can be really profitable, but yeah, it's just one of those things we got to manage, right? It's just a risk that we all have to endure. And, um, Having the right plan is always going to come out more positive than not.
0: And the profitability definitely makes a difference. So, I have a question for you. I'm just curious. So, in those first two years, were they like, were were the rates incredibly high that you were applying or not necessarily?
1: No, they weren't necessarily because we, we, like we talked about earlier, we talked about what's their yield goals what is their part per, million, um, part per million soil test goal? So when we started identifying their high yielding areas versus their low yielding areas, yeah, we didn't, we didn't wanna build the low yielding areas. So we, we cut input costs a little bit there and focused on the areas that we really knew were gonna produce higher yields. And that's where we focused most of the dollars. And that once we got those up, those are carrying some of the lower areas so we could figure out how to improve those lower yielding areas a little bit quicker too.
0: Yeah, because they didn't oh. go from year year one from what'd you say it was 30 bushel beans to 60. Right. They probably went from 30 to 40 or 30 yep. to 35. So it was just incremental.
1: Yep. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, it took about four four to five years and they had doubled it yep, consistently. And now just looking back here, in the last five years they've held those yields and now they do a lot of crop removal maintenance and still try to push some of these really high yielding areas even farther. So their, their yields will still continue to rise on average because they're really, uh, focusing their input on the right areas of the field and not just trying to blanket everything.
0: Yeah. So curious, what, what is their reaction then when you showed them where they were five years ago?
1: They're pretty happy. Very, very happy. They were able to, uh, Upgrade some equipment. They're doing variable rate planting. I mean, they have a bunch of different things that they were able to do because of this. And uh, very, very happy, very positive.
0: Yeah. And it just started with their soil filters, their soil fertility, which is awesome. Great. Yeah. And I could say we we see that time over time that we can prove that it pays and it does pay for the grower. But um, how does a customer, like, how would a grower? get started with Premier Crop to do a variable rate fertilizer plan?
1: Uh, it's pretty easy. Um, we have uh, quite a few agronomy information advisors throughout some of our territory. So it's e- you can easily log into our website, PremierCrop.com, and um, send us a message if you're if you're curious. Um, or we also have uh, lots of partners with all my premier partners across most of our states in the, in the Midwest here, and they're fantastic. They have great staffs that can help you out as well. So wherever you're at, we can help you get connected with one of our partners or work directly with one of our AIAs if you're in one of those regions.
0: Yeah, and walk me through some of the agronomics that a grower would talk about. Like if that's say it's the first time they're writing a prescription where they, they really want to be more involved. So what are some of the questions that you would ask them
1: to get started? Yeah. It's really simple, really. Uh, A lot of the things that, whenever I go into talking about fertility, fertility programs, and training our partner staff, or even talking with growers through it, is two things. One, what's kind of your yield goal? Where do you, where do you really want to see your farm at, right? And two, what's your soil test goals? Where do you want to end up being? Is it 25 parts per million phosphorus, 30 parts per million phosphorus? And just kind of get a basic understanding of train, teaching them what it means to raise your soil test fertility and what does it mean when you actually say well I want to shoot for 240 bushel corn do they know how much 240 bushel corn removes from the soil because that's, that's a huge number. I was doing some basic figures a lot of guys talk about 200 bushel corn and 50 bushel soybeans which might be actually a little bit low with some of the average yields that we're seeing nowadays but If you just looked at 200 bushels of corn and 50 bushels of soybeans, that's roughly 225 pounds of map and 200 pounds of potash that are removed from your soil with just those two years of crop removal. So if you're not spreading that much um, on an every other year basis, you're mining out your fertility, right? So obviously if you have parts of your field that you know are lower yielding than that, yeah, you're probably building those areas up a little bit, but those areas that you know are running 250, Or maybe 70 to 80 bushel beans you're really mining those nutrients out so it's just trying to help them understand the different aspects of how fertility works in your field how soil samples can help you uh, get a better understanding of what that looks like and then taking it back to yield and profitability at the end
0: yeah really marrying those agronomics and economics well great Thanks, Kevin. Really appreciate you talking about this today and uh, they can get a hold of Premier Crop, like you said, at premiercrop.com if they want to start working with somebody. Is there anything else you want to add?
1: No, I just um, hope everybody's having a safe fall and uh, hope everybody uh, has started working on their plans for 2022 and um, yeah, we're here to help and um, give us a shout if if, if, if you need a hand.